Hi, welcome to Offscript. I'm Zach Lewis. And I'm Dr. Draper. Today on the show, we're taking a look at Jurassic World Dominion. The new Colin Trevorrow film is out, and we have seen it, and we have hot takes. Uh, we also take a look at Hustle, new Adam Sandler film produced in collaboration with uh, LeBron James on Netflix. It is a traditional basketball story, and we watched it, and we're going to let you know what we thought. <laughs> There's more to it than just traditional basketball story, I swear. We're talking about a couple of trailers that are coming up, some exciting things that are coming around the corner you might want to keep an eye on for next summer. First things first, when you get to the news, and there's a Joker sequel happening. <laughs> yes, yes, oh there is. God. Absolutely. Wow. A bevy of news has come out this week about this uh, uh, from director Todd Phillips on his Instagram. Now we have stuff about a potential plot. What's going on? Fill us in. Uh, yeah, so the, there was talk that there was going to be a sequel to the 2019 Joker. That film made a billion dollars on like a $60, $70 million budget. That was, you know, they that was not pr predicted to be like this massive, massive global hit. Um, so it's not surprising that we're getting a sequel. And yes, we, we saw some Instagram posts of, I almost said Keanu Reeves, <laughs> of Joaquin Phoenix uh, reading uh, the script, with, which is subtitled uh, Foile Adieu, uh, which means shared ma madness and is actually a medical term of like inherited madness, um, you know, ma ma like fa familial almost. Um, this hints, though, at a one Harley Quinn <laughs> uh, being part of the sequel, which is super exciting and makes a lot of sense because the Joker doesn't actually have a lot of close relationships you know i thought maybe they might go with a uh, uh, penguin or they just did Rid riddler but someone like that someone else from the rogues gallery but it makes a ton of sense to brings the only other person who kind of is close to the joker in the comics which is harley quinn and just last night the news dropped that none other than lady gaga herself uh is in talks to to play that role and that this sequel is actually going to be a musical so a ton happening about this what do you think of all this news I think somehow, like, a, a core group of I'm so of hyped if you can't tell. Yeah, Andy's very excited. I'm pretty excited. I, I think somehow, like, a core group of Joker fans is going to be maybe bothered by this news about a musical and Lady Gaga. And inversely, like, a core group of film fans who may not have loved the first Joker are completely fascinated with the idea that the sequel is going to be a musical. Uh, tons of potential for what that could mean. Very, very intrigued by how this marketing has gone. Todd Phillips just like dumping a couple photos on his Instagram and then immediately following with the story about Lady Gaga being involved is quite, quite the marketing spin for a film that otherwise people have just kind of been waiting for. I'm sure Warner Brothers has eaten this up because, yeah, the last movie was an accountant's dream and they're totally going to make a sequel. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense to me that the musical part, uh, the first Joker has a lot of kind of musical-esque sequences. Uh, the famous dancing in the bathroom scene or the, him dancing down the stairs has been, uh, you know, kind of memed. Uh, like, so we have a little bit of that, that, that theatrical flair. And I mean, it's the Joker who that that's kind of what he does. And like Lady Gaga coming on board means you're doing a serious musical here. You're you're not doing, I don't know, something cheap. If if that's who you're you're getting, um, and it's gonna be amazing to see her, her kind of version of Harley Quinn. And uh, for those listeners who don't know, uh, Harley and the Joker have a very kind of abusive and toxic relationship. Uh, traditionally, in more recently in the comics, they've kind of broken up and been separated, and that that relationship hasn't really been a thing in, in the comics because it, it is kind of a negative thing but it completely works here you know the her backstory is that she's oh one of the psychiatrists at the mental op 
you know, she's his doctor. They fall in love. She goes mad. Um, love to see <laughs> see how all that unfolds. Yeah. Yeah, the Academy denied Lady Gaga her Oscar for Best Actress in The Star is Born. They didn't give her a shot with Ridley Scott's House of Gucci, but now Todd Phillips' Joker 2, that's going to be the money for sure. It's yeah. exciting news. I, I think she's a good pick for casting. Uh, I love Margot Robbie, obviously, as Harley Quinn. I have no, no complaints about her so far. Every film she's been in, she's been fantastic. But, uh, you know, she's been in like four movies as Harley Quinn now, and it seems like is this well, typical of superhero films they're probably going to roll over to something new this is also very stylistically different from her films it would make sense for this to be a different a different person so if you're gonna recast harley quinn uh gaga's a great pick especially for a musical yeah that, that right and margot robbie's version is is very cartoonish you know and it fits perfectly into what dc is doing uh, but we, this is going to be, you know, more grounded kind of serious take. And, you know, they, they may bring up, uh, you know, themes of abuse and domestic violence and, you know, it's going to be a much more mature film. So it, it, I'm pretty excited to see how, how they're going to, how they're going to, what the look is going to be, what she's going to sound like, how they're going to work together. Do you think, um, uh, do you think DC dumps Margot Robbie after this? Do you think she sticks around? What's I think, uh, it seemed like she was kind of done w- with the character now. We'll, we'll see. I mean, DC's kind of all over the place with what they're, they're doing. <laughs> you know, they, they had, they bet it all yeah. on the flash and look how that's going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's certainly going well. Uh, God, we don't have it in here for the news, but yeah, Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller still making waves in Hawaii. Uh, good God. I don't know where that movie's headed. Well, keep it on off script for more about Joker 2, I guess. I'm excited. Andy seems much more excited than me. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I'm sure we'll be talking about it again in the future. Uh, our next story. This one's a quick one. I just kind of stuck this in last minute. Probably should have asked Andy if it was even worth talking about. Uh, Julia Garner was offered, a Mad- offered the role of Madonna in the Universal biopic about the wonderful talented madonna uh what's interesting about this is not so much julia garner getting offered a role it's that madonna is directing her own biopic biopic for universal and i didn't know about this <laughs> yeah, it's very strange it sounds I feel like, like a, be, it sounds like a disaster <laughs> just on its face but I, I i didn't know if you had any thoughts on this uh, it's kind of weird that seems like a, a kind of conflict of interest like you're you're not going to get a warts and all story probably if it's the if the star is behind the camera and probably you know big part of the you know production and um i mean i think it's probably d- difficult in general to get a hundred percent the the true story with a lot of these um that's definitely kind of strange julia garner i haven't really watched i know she's in ozark but i haven't really watched uh, a lot of that show but i'm sure she's gonna be be fabulous i've heard a lot of great things about her yeah, she's great in Ozark. Uh, I didn't know she sings, but I mean, apparently that's the deal. Uh, regarding this film, Universal won the script in what what is claimed to be a multi studio bidding war. It's being produced by Amy Pascal of Sony. I think this is her, one of her independent pictures. Uh, I don't know. Uh, actresses who were considered also include Florence Pugh, Euphoria star Alex Demi, and Odessa Young. Like, I, you know, I'm I'm sure it'll be fine. I just Madonna's directing her own biopic like that's that i i don't know i'm not i'm not optimistic about that uh very often people who are not really into film don't just jump in first time doing something that's incredibly personal and it go really well like typically those those can be mid to a flop but we'll see 
Uh, next story, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home is returning to theaters with added footage uh, in the more fun stuff version. This was just announced this week. Andy, what the hell is Spider-Man No Way Home more fun stuff version? <laughs> Spider-Man's coming back to theaters uh, this Labor Day weekend, September 2nd, uh, with new scenes and extended scenes. So it's uh, an extended cut of the massively, massively one of the most successful movies of all time now. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, and so that's going to be coming uh, to his Labor Day weekend. This is a little surprising because Spider-Man No Way Home not only was a film that pretty much everybody went and saw, but it was already a long movie. And as far as we can tell, this announcement does not actually specify how much more footage will be in the film. doesn't really clarify what kind of new scenes are getting added. They just said that, uh, quote, you wanted more Spidey and you got it when they announced it on Twitter on Friday. Uh, post includes a video of the film stars Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire all talking about being Spider-Man and inviting people to come watch. It's pretty, it's pretty vague. But I gotta be, I gotta be honest. I do kind of respect the on-the-nose marketing. Uh, the more fun stuff version is a lot more exciting <laughs> than Spider-Man: No Way Home Extended Edition in theaters. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's pro- essentially just a re-release of the of the movie. You know, there's maybe nothing opening that weekend. Labor Day weekend's a pretty big film-going weekend, and, uh, you know, why why not? You probably grab a few more million uh, off the property. Uh, yeah. And, you know, entice people back with some some footage they maybe haven't seen. So, uh, yeah, not not too surprising. That'll be See, this, this is what Sony should have done with that Morbius re-release. The Morbius, more, <laughs> more, more Morb stuff edition. Uh, Morbin time. That, like, that would have made more sense, but... Uh, yeah, this movie's probably going to pick up a few more million dollars. Why not, right? Like p- teenagers, whoever, it's bored on Labor Day weekend is going to be like, oh, yeah, I can go see Spider-Man again. And look, there's there's extra stuff, you know, whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm not surprised. Uh, you know, Disney did this. Well, Disney, not Disney, 20th Century Fox. Whoever owned Deadpool when they did Dead, they did this a couple times with Deadpool, I think. Like they put out longer versions. I know Disney owns them now. I guess 20th Century Fox owned them before. Um, you know, why not? <laughs> <laughs> why not why not take your popular superhero movie and tack on six more minutes of cgi and put it back in theaters sure um yeah it'll be 10 yeah. minutes longer and that'll be like yeah it can't be much more i mean i i, I don't know I, I can't imagine how much more is in there but keep it on off script for more uh our last story from the box office jurassic world dominion bites off a 145 million dollar opening movie's gonna make a billion dollars andy the dinosaurs are back <laughs> that's true uh jurassic world dominion opened hugely better better than expectations it was uh predicted to maybe get get around 120 so way blew that out of out of the water the bigger story here is that top gun maverick continues to really have legs and continue to do well it dropped to number two in its its third week uh but it actually just today hit 400 million domestic which actually makes it um the second I think the second most successful uh, film of the pandemic domestically, that means it made more money than Batman and Doctor Strange uh, domestically. And it uh, it could be a billion dollar movie. Second and best. Top Cruise uh, best. Second only to Spider-Man No Way Home for now, which uh, like we just said, we'll be getting a soon re-release that might, might buff that out a little bit more. But um, I, I mean, 
I, I said this the last couple shows. It's easy to look at the current state of, of, of the theatrical landscape and understand that, of course, Top, Top, Top Gun 2 did great. But like in the weeks leading up to this, like I, did, I really didn't know. Could have been a flop. Like I, I'm I'm impressed it still got legs, you know, like good, good. God, good for Top Guns. When do we get the Top Gun more fun stuff version? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the same thing. It'll come. It'll get re-released. Sequel announced, you know, <clears throat> three cool announced. That's right. Yeah, the Stars and Stripes edition of Top Gun Maverick. Um, yeah, I, I think Top Gun's going to continue crushing it. I hope I, I I'm sure Paramount's going to try to keep it in theaters as long as possible. Also, one more thing worth noting: um, apparently, Tom Cruise had to push a lot to keep this movie in theaters for like the full theatrical window. Paramount, like many other studios, are not really interested in doing this following the pandemic. Shorter windows push theater push films to streaming quicker, which means people at home can watch them sooner. Uh, and that's been really popular. But Tom Cruise really had to fight for it with Top Gun, fight for it with Top Gun too. And I think he was fighting for it with Mission Impossible. I'm sure he's not going to have a struggle with that anymore. Like they're just absolutely going to say, "Yes, sir, you can. We'll run your movie as long as you want in theaters. Please, please make a movie with us, Tom Cruise." So mm-hmm. good for him. Good for Tom. Good for the United States Navy. <laughs> God, God bless America. Top Gun Two still crushing it. Uh, but now. Andy, we have a much bigger fish to fry. All right, of of Jurassic proportions, <laughs> in, in prehistoric uh, proportions. Yes, in Colin Trevorrow's third and final Jurassic World film. Uh, you want to do the do the honors here? Sure thing. Jurassic World Dominion. Blue had a baby. That's impossible. <laughs> So these, this is the third slash sixth installment of the Jurassic Park uh, franchise. Sixth in the overall series, third in the Jurassic World series. Uh, this plot is super complicated and there's a lot going on, so I'm going to do my best to, to, to kind of sum it up. Uh, Follow the events of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, the second one. Uh, we find a world that is littered with dinosaurs. Dinosaurs have escaped the, the park or wherever they were being held and now live kind of side beside side somewhat peacefully with humans not not really that's the setting that's actually not a huge plot point as much as as you might think we find our stars uh owen and claire in hiding with the the cloned british girl from the last movie and the uh they're also hiding the the blue raptors um kind of in, in the middle of nowhere in alaska uh, looks like this plot starts <laughs> sounds a lot like a soap opera like it's so it's over the cloned girl of the I'm very much uh, enjoying you trying to decipher this and in, in a succinct manner for us so please continue <laughs> right we also have uh, our our stars from the original movie uh, Jeff Goldblum Laura Dern and uh, Sam Neill are back and they're in this kind of they're almost in a separate movie at the beginning uh, there's this plot about giant prehistoric locusts that are ravaging crops and fields in the Midwest and are threatening the the food supply chain. And that, believe it or not, is the main uh, kind of problem or obstacle to solving this movie are these locusts and how how to stop them. It's not about the dinosaurs. It's literally about these locusts. Um, So (laughs) that... I haven't even gotten to where we are. I know, I know. I'm I'm impressed. You're doing good. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. we eventually um, end up at the biosyn facility which is where all these groups eventually converge where there are dinosaurs in a park which once again get loose and people have to hide from them you know uh rescue this hide from that try not to die 
um, in not so exciting fashion. Uh, it's a huge mess. There's there's so much going on on in this, and there there are literally like seven or eight main characters. There are three characters from the original trilogy, three characters in the new trilogy, and then we are introduced to even newer characters. So, ton going on. There's some dinosaurs in there occasionally. <laughs> Zach, what did you think? This movie's a mess. <laughs> it's way too busy, and it's somehow really boring. Uh, the writing is a miss. It's way. It's trying way too hard to elevate itself from from the previous movie, and it's particularly like controversial ending uh, in that dinosaurs are now just roaming about the world uh, freely, and nobody can stop them. Uh <laughs> I did. I did not like Jurassic World Dominion. I was. I was incredibly bored. Uh, I really, really did not like it. So let's get into it because it's not all bad. You don't. You don't spend this much money on a two and a half hour movie and not get at least some redeeming qualities. Like there are some things that work here. I do want to talk about those. But like I just just on its face, I didn't like the last two and I didn't like this one either. Uh, yeah, it's mostly it's pretty bad. And I think the worst thing about it is that it's just super boring like that's the worst thing a movie can be is uninteresting and you know you keep checking your watch. and this is two and a half hours long it is so long it goes on forever act one is like a solid hour long and also it's just it's so destructive like i said you have way too many characters and there you, you have way too many plot strands i think i've counted like four or five uh plot strands that 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 happen and there's also plots that just kind of disappear or the things that happen at the beginning of the movie and then are just never resolved or never come back to again there are characters like there's uh the two younger characters that were in the first two jurassic world films are in this briefly and then you never see them again um which kind of points to a larger issue of all these legacy uh, franchises that just cannot hand off their property to new characters. They they really fail introducing us to new people to fall in love with. Um, and so they just did in this movie, they just got rid of the new characters and said, no, we, get, we brought back the, 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 the legends. Um, it, it's, yeah, it's really bizarre. It's all over the place. There's, uh, it's not very exciting. Like everyone's got plot armor. You're not worried about anyone you know dying essentially and then there's just too many of them like there's one par part where there's literally seven or eight people like trying to hide behind a car from a from a t-rex and i'm like how how has this group not been eaten <laughs> in half yet yeah like i i i know the world of of colin trevorrow's jurassic world is a very far cry from 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 steven spielberg's jurassic park like i i get that but like it it feels like they have sold every element that made these movies fun and suspenseful and interesting completely down the river in favor of like generic cgi fluff uh nostalgia bait <laughs> mainstream hokum nonsense and 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 jurassic world dominion is like the pinnacle of this i think jurassic world was all right like i didn't love it but it was definitely a promising start for a kind of new take on Jurassic Park. It, it had problems, but it was okay. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom was messy, but it had the whole volcano blown up on the island and all that was kind of cool. This movie, though, like, it's 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 just like they were, it, I don't know, like stumbling over the finish line. Like, could somehow could not get to credits fast enough, but also felt like it had so much to do because it's juggling it so many characters. Yeah, it feels like three different movies happening at the same time. 
if you're watching on Facebook Live, uh, you can see where we put up like a little title card with the poster and some info and, and a screen cap from the movie. I pulled this screen cap from IMDb. It's got seven characters on it. And this was one of the ones with less characters because I had others I was going to use with more people, but I thought it was too confusing <laughs> visually. Like this isn't even it. The movie poster itself has seven people on it. That's the official poster alongside the logo. And it's like the first three Jurassic park posters had nobody on the poster and i'm not saying sticking characters on posters defines where we're headed but my god like this movie just has too much going on you're absolutely right it feels like three movies slammed together and what's funny is only one of those movies is even remotely good and the other ones are pretty bad um Gosh. Yeah, Jurassic Park i mean i remember i was there when it happened um uh, mm. i saw it in theaters and it was it's a thriller and it has real scary moments. You, The first time you saw it, you honestly don't know who is and who isn't going to make it because they avoided getting any, any really big stars. You know, they didn't oh, get... Oh, absolutely. You know, they didn't get Tom Cruise or, or Tom Hanks, for that matter. Anyone that, you know, well, they're not... Um, you know, probably Jeff Goldblum was probably the biggest name in the, in that movie. Yeah. Uh, so you really, you really didn't know who was and wasn't going to make it. And people... <laughs> didn't <laughs> like a lot of people don't make it through the all of that film and now this is starting to feel kind of the way game game of thrones did in the last few seasons where like they they became really afraid to kill anyone off um and i feel like they need to kill everyone off uh, in this it, unfortunately our our aging stars they don't really have much to do and it's uh, I mean, it's it's a struggle, and and it reminds me of every legacy sequel that has done this: The Force Awakens, The, the Matrix, Ghostbusters. They just cannot hand off the property to a new g- generation. Like they lean so hard on on the old stars that we're not making any progress forward. Yeah, the uh, the the old stars are. To me, a highlight of the film. They're not necessarily good in this movie. <laughs> Sam Neill. They don't I love look, to do. I love Sam Neill to death, but like that man can barely hide the accent. Like it's it, it's coming oh, through in half his lines. Yeah, struggling. it's coming through in half his lines. <laughs> Goldblum is trying so hard to be anything other than Jeff Goldblum, and it doesn't really work. Like it, it, it's fine. He was for the great. He, I think he's probably the best character in this. Yeah, movie. and like Laura Dern's fine. She's she's fine. She's got a line about sliding into DMs. It's like, oh god, like it's like oh, it's, it's like it's like nails on a chalkboard here in Laura Dern try to be trendy in a popular film. But uh for the for the most part they get a decent plot line. Like they they kind of have this travel into this They're focused uh, on the locusts. Yeah, this kind of science lab. It's very inspired by Apple. There's this Tim Cook style villain who we have heading up everything. Yeah, and they're they're focused on kind of figuring out this locust problem, which is a tremendous misdirect from what should be the actual problem in the movie, the damn dinosaurs. Like, that would normally be the issue in a Jurassic Park movie, but they've opted not to do that here. Uh, Meanwhile, like, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard, who have no chemistry in this movie, (laughs) they didn't have any chemistry in the other movies, they still don't here. Uh, they, they, they are stiff as boards and they, they are working with this young girl from the previous movie and they're kind of parenting her and they're, they're struggling to raise her right. And like, it's just like, it's so unbelievable. And they are constantly on like backlot sets with green screen walls behind them to CGI dinosaurs in. And it's just clumsy. And like, it doesn't get better from there. The first act is, is such a drag. 
God, like the, the first 40 minutes of this movie are just like, it, it just takes forever to get going. It, 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 yeah, that's the other thing. There's like an exposition dump because they, you, you have to, you know, get with the old characters, talk about the locust problem, get with the new characters, talk about the clone girl and, you know, them getting kidnapped. And then there's this subplot of, that goes nowhere about a kind of black market dinosaur trade that's happened since dinosaurs are everywhere. And it like, it opens with them like freeing a, a tiny triceratops from like, uh, you know, some sort of lab. Um, and the first part of the movie is kind of preoccupied with that. And then it just abandons it. There's this weird Jason Bourne-esque sequence where they're in Malta and there's like shootouts, gunfire, fisticuffs, a motorcycle chase. Um, I mean, you, you feel like you're in a James Bond movie, and it's like, what, this, what is happening here? <laughs> yeah, they introduce this this at least kind of momentarily cool idea from the end of two, a, a, a raptor laser. Because <laughs> rather than just shoot Chris Pratt with a gun, they hit him with a, a targeting laser, and then a raptor will chase him forever, and he has to get away, which is... Just just the dumbest idea I've ever heard for a weapon. But anyway, they hit him with this laser and then he hops on a motorcycle and he's tearing through the streets of Malta while two raptors chase him. It's in the trailer. You can go take a look. And at least that's kind of interesting. Never comes back again. <laughs> yeah. Raptor laser is a one and done, market, baby. Black market uh, plot. Yeah, yeah, right. Like completely closes off. We don't, don't, don't need it anymore. We don't have time. We got, we got to get to... The more important stuff, which is the the evil corporation that's harvesting dinosaur DNA for their own nefarious plot, a, a, a plot line we've never seen in a Jurassic Park film. <laughs> it's just it feels somehow paint by numbers, even though it's trying to do something new and different. It just feels so structured. Act one, act one, act two, act three. You know exactly where it's going. I, I, I don't know. I was just I was just bored. I was bored. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the worst thing because you can have like you know mindless fun you you know we talked about things like godzilla versus kong like you, I, i'm not there for the human plot line i'm there to see monsters fight and that's what you get to see when you see a fast and furious movie you're there for the action and family um and it <laughs> family <laughs> and and that's what you get and that's like those movies are they're popcorn flicks you, you know you turn off your brain you just enjoy the action and you have fun and this wasn't like that at all. It wasn't fun. It was so boring and so long. And you, you know, like they they wasted the these classic characters. Didn't have anything for them to do. Didn't have anything really for the new characters to do. It was just, yeah, so boring. No, hardly any dinosaurs in the dinosaur movie. Stupid plot about bugs. Yeah, it's just really really clumsy. Uh, they spent one hundred and eighty five million dollars making this movie. That's what this movie cost. And while I was watching none it, of it uh, none of it went to writers. There were two. Well, right. And and for what it's worth, hey, I'm glad Laura Dern's out getting the bag. Good for her. Right. Like, why, why not? Jeff Goldblum, go collect your paycheck, my man. Like, sure. You know, uh, good for them. I, no, no, no ill will towards them. And a bit of it goes towards effects and animatronics. The dinos look great. There aren't. I, I feel like there's not a lot of them in there. There are. But like, they're just uniquely spread out by boring plot elements. Um, but. I kept thinking of two other movies while I was watching this movie, Jurassic World Dominion. Number one, uh, last year's Godzilla versus Kong, uh, a very different film from a very different studio, but like Godzilla V Kong goes to some really odd places and features a lot of giant CGI animals that our characters have to run around and can't really, 
uh, grapple with one-on-one. And like, I kept thinking how much more interested I was in that film's plot and pacing. Like just keeps you, keeps you tuned in a little bit. Cause it's doing something different. Um, it's, 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 it's a little bit more fantastical. It spreads its wings further. And I feel like that carries the plot and therefore the audience further with it. And the other movie I kept thinking of, and I need to stop doing this cause it's a terrible film to compare to anything else was a 24's everything ever all at once. A movie that was made on like peanuts and like just has so much more substance and tone and depth to every frame versus this $185 million monstrosity. Uh, just, well, just, I, just a real miss from, from director Colin Trevorrow in my, in my I, opinion. I, well, and he was, uh, to remind me, he was fired from Star Wars episode nine. Uh, for I guess creative differences, and that movie is a disaster as well. And that that kind of rem- remind me of this. It was like, well, we got to throw every everything and the kitchen sink in this movie, wrap it up somehow. Doesn't really have to make a whole lot of sense, uh, you know. And that's that's kind of exactly what we what we get. And I, I think the 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 worst thing I realized about this because this is going to be successful. It, it's made a ton of money. It's gonna. It's probably going to be a billion dollar movie. Uh, it almost feels like we don't need the Spielbergs of the world anymore. It used to be, it used to be you needed the, the well, like you you wanted to make the most money, you wanted to make a blockbuster, you had to get the best creatives around, and now you you don't, you just have, you just need the right IP and throw whoever behind the camera. Right, and like meanwhile, even Spielberg's remaking movies. Like I I I I don't want to agree with you, but 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 I I do agree. Uh, uh, very much with the idea that like these studios have got to learn to hand properties off. Like you've got to stop doing this thing where you just bring back the old actors and actresses over and over and over again, <laughs> because it, 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 it invests nothing in the culture in, in the future of these the properties. Future. Yeah. Like all, all, it's just making a buck today. Uh, we don't care where the story goes next, next time. We'll just do what we're doing. Some studios have figured out a way around this. Some have been clever. Marvel Marvel has, has embraced the idea of a multiverse. So they can tell all kinds of stories across spaces. They're one of the most exciting studios in the industry right now, like them or not. Like, but 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 God, Jurassic World is just not it, man. Like it's just flat and dry, and it just 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 it, it, it's like burnt toast. <laughs> right. And like I said, it we can look back at the Star at The Force Awakens and the promise of what we thought that movie was and how that, that movie also, it didn't, we didn't fall in love with the new, the new characters and they had a lot of potential. And then, you know, you don't have that should have mapped out the next 10, 15 years of star Wars. And, and it didn't. And that's, you're exactly right. You're not going to get 10 years of films worth. If you're constantly just leaning back on nostalgia. Being that this is likely likely the end of Jurassic World for a little while, um, any thoughts on Colin Trevorrow's three three film arc here? Follow up to Jurassic Park. I mean, I Total overall hack. I'm not Total impressed. Hack. <laughs> Total hack. <laughs> okay, yeah. Overall, I, I'm not I'm not impressed by by his work here. Uh, the the film that got him these movies is is a movie called Safety Not Guaranteed, an indie that's on Netflix. After that, he did a movie called The Book of Henry, which was terrible. And and he's been doing these ever since. And I I, I think the man needs to move to smaller budgets. I do. I don't. He doesn't have anything announced on IMDb for his next project. Probably a good thing. Maybe take a break. <laughs> 
just, just well also these films God, these, i feel like these these are just like film by committee you know the studio tells you what they want they're like we want we want action we want romance we want dinosaurs and just like just make it work like they you're kind of told what to do and then you they just have a manager essentially make make it happen yeah and uh i think that makes for a boring movie andy would you recommend jurassic world dominion absolutely not like hard pass the hardest pass like don't don't see it in theaters don't wait for it on streaming uh it's so boring it is so boring and so long and doesn't do any and even even if you're a fan of jurassic park like still skip you're not missing any anything out go back and watch jurassic park again watch that twice and you (laughs) instead of watching this it is just it's it's bad and it's boring. Yeah, this uh, it's 100% agree. This movie's so bad, it's got people on Twitter going back and being like, you know what, actually Jurassic Park 3 wasn't that bad of a movie. Um, and it's true. Like, at least that movie keeps you engaged. Like, this this is so, so dull. The 10-year-old sitting next to me was bored out of their mind. People were getting on their phones in the film on opening night. Like, just, just, just bad. Skip it. Hard pass. Yeah, just just go watch the original three Jurassic Park movies again if you really feel like you want to get a piece. Even even for kids, this is boring. Like I, I just 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 it's a, it's way too miss. long for them as well. Like yeah. Um, it, uh, Top Gun Maverick is probably a really good example of something that is like you know I mean it's essentially a popcorn flip flick. It's not super serious, but it's very good, man. Really entertaining, right? Really well paced. Yeah, it keeps you engaged for the for the runtime of the movie. Not Jurassic World Dominion. This this is I it's. It's worse than the year material, I think. Like honestly, this is yeah. It's definitely going on my list. Biggest blunder <laughs> might be the biggest blunder of the year so far, and it's going to make a billion dollars. Like, wait, so so how much of a blunder is it really? I'm sure there's some wise ass out there in the comments who will tell us that. Like, well, it did well, so what do you know? And it's like, yeah, but that doesn't mean it has any cultural value. Like, nobody's going to wear t-shirts with Jurassic World Dominion on it. Like, it's not actually going to move the needle at all. You know, Universal's going to make some money. Great for them. Uh, I hope Colin Trevor never makes another Jurassic Park movie again. <laughs> Stay away from the camera. Yes, please, God. Uh, and with that, we should move into our next segment. Uh, this one's a bit amended this week because we don't have a lot of exciting, immediate new things. That well, you know what? You just Andy, could you introduce a segment for us? It's time for the trailer park. Perfect. Uh, not a lot of exciting new trailers out right now uh, that we really want to talk about, but the ones we have are really exciting. First up, it's uh, we didn't actually work out an order for these, did we? You yeah, sure you did. Do? First up, <laughs> Andy's changing the outline mid-show. Uh, yeah, first up uh, is the trailer for DC's new superhero film, Black Adam. Uh, Black Adam is the story of The Rock, uh, or at least his exciting superhero that he's been trying to get greenlit for like five years. Uh, it is a kind of a spinoff character from the world of Shazam. You mem- may remember the Zachary Levi film from a few years ago. It's directed by David Sandberg. Uh, Black Adam is supposed to have all the powers of Superman, except also magic. And he doesn't have a moral compass and seems to be willing to kill people. In the comics, I think he's a bad guy. In this film, he looks a bit like an anti-hero. I'll start Pierce Brosnan. Um, Andy, what do you think of the Black Adam trailer? Uh, I've been calling it Bland Adam. Bland Adam. (laughs) is hilarious. Do we have Um, Bland Adam trending? It's it's very... 
it's just super generic. Like uh, this movie was announced in like 2014, um, and with the the Rock, this, you know, to play this this hero. And I think the movie was supposed to come out in 2019, and it's been delayed, delayed, and delayed. I was really looking forward to this, and uh, again, it, it just looks kind of cliche. I, maybe the movie will be more than that, but the the trailer didn't do it a lot for me. Um, Black Adam uh, again, just. Uh, he looks like The Rock. Someone, uh, were we talking about this before where uh, he doesn't look like a different person. He just looks like The Rock in costume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, somebody pointed that out on TikTok and I thought it was a good observation. Uh, the Rock in, in the Black Adam outfit, like from, you know, the pecs down, he's wearing a suit and he looks like Black Adam. But up uh, up top, it's just the bald The Rock. His eyebrows aren't weird. He doesn't have contacts in. Like most heroes are at least a little different. Chris Hemsworth has long hair and a beard. Zachary Levi as Shazam had like a big 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 pompadour and like you know like they 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 at least change <laughs> characterize it. something else it's just the rock it is so clearly the rock uh i love it I, I think what i was most excited for are the i think it's justice society of america there's a couple of other heroes that show up in the trailer we see hawkman dr fate and uh the Adam or Adam Smasher. And there's also a character named Cyclone who's going to be in this. This is kind of like, it's like a, you know, junior justice league or kind of different group of heroes. I was more excited about that. Pierce Brosnan playing Dr. Fate. He almost puts on the the helmet. Uh, and I, I was like 10 times excited about that. Um, then, and then uh, black Adam himself. And uh, for those who don't know, Dr. Fate, he's, he's, he's kind of a wizard and a little bit like Doc, Dr. Strange. Uh, it's not real, I don't know, I'm real sure what his powers are. He just looks really cool, which is, <laughs> I think, why he's uh, uh, kind yeah, of a master fan, of the fan. mystic arts kind of character. Yeah, they're like his seems. powers are what what we need them to be. Yes, um, but he looks uh, super cool. But I was much more excited about the other people besides the Rock's character. It was just uh, super generic. You know, is he is is he here to save the 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 world or, or destroy it? Uh, you know, similar to Morbius. Um, yeah. So it 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 wasn't very exciting, which is disappointing because I've really been looking forward to it. It will probably still be pre- pretty good. Uh, DC has done much better with their one-off uh, properties, and uh, we have yet to see what kind of like villain or what the antagonist of this will be. And this is slated to come out in October. Yeah. Um, keep it here for more on Black Adam. I, I, I it it looks okay. <laughs> <laughs> it looks a little generic effects Bland look good Adam. yeah like costumes are good we'll we'll, we'll have to see uh one of the trailer talking about andy you mind taking this one uh yes we saw the second trailer to nope which is uh jordan peele's uh latest effort which will come out uh july 22nd well we got a little bit more uh of the plot uh which seems to revolve around uh, again the, this hollywood horse farm that Daniel Kaluuya and uh, Kiki Palmer own together. And they, they seem to like, they see these aliens and they're like, Hey, we can make it. We need to make a buck. We need to, uh, we need to record it. We need to get them on video and then we need to monetize that somehow. So it's actually a very grounded plot. It's like, Hey, we, we got to save the farm. There's aliens. We should get that on video. It's, it's very like, not how you would think, but uh, it seems, you know, like most aliens and they're, they're not uh, none too friendly. Um, there's a lot of action in, in, in the trailer. It doesn't really, some people said it gives too much away. I don't think it really does. It does cause it doesn't tell us really what's happening or why the aliens are here or, or any of that. There's just, uh, um, you know, a lot of action. 
Um, I haven't actually watched this trailer yet uh, because when it came out, I was excited to see a new trailer for Nope because we've seen the first trailer it's like eight dozen times because it's been running for a year. Uh, coming up on release, we finally have a new trailer. And the first comments I saw on it were, hey, if you want to go in fresh, don't watch this because it gives a ton away. And he doesn't think so. Uh, and, and I did know about the the, the kind of monetizing the aliens bit. The first trailer uh, makes it much more horror horror oriented, and the second trailer reveals a bit more of like, hey, here's here's the hustle. Uh, and and I I think that's probably clever. I think that's that like Jordan Peele's kind of offbeat approach to horror films is what makes him exciting as a director. Uh, I'm excited to find out more. And just like, I think the last horror movie I did this with where I didn't watch the full trailer was last night in Soho. I was like averting my eyes in the movie theater. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to watch it. And I came out disappointed. Hopefully this one is a bit more, uh, bit brighter on the other side. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think Jordan Peele's got a great, great eye for behind the camera and is a, is a great writer. And then I, I'm super excited for this. Yeah, me too. And that's it for the trailer park. Tidy this week, but there's a lot of exciting things coming out that we'll be keeping you up to date with in the future. Keep it here on Off Script for more. Uh, and one more thing before we wrap up the show, we got to review Hustle. Do you love this game? Woo! I mean, love it with your whole heart. Hustle is the story of Stanley Sugarman, uh, a <laughs> scout for the Sixers, apparently one of the best scouts they've ever had, who discovers... Uh, Upon the uh, untimely death of the owner of the Sixers, his young son, played by, played by Ben Foster in a real goofy-looking bald cap, uh, is none too kind uh, towards Stanley and his career. Uh, when he's out on the road in Spain, he discovers a young basketball player, Bo Cruz, and he uh, decides to bring him back to the States, train him up, and hopefully get him into the NBA Combine so Bo can get a spot in the NBA and Stanley can get his reputation Back. The movie stars Adam Sandler and is on Netflix, produced in collaboration with LeBron James and what appears to be a ton of licensed basketball properties from the NBA. There's a ton of players, lots of teams, lots of footage, lots of scenes shot in headquarters, logos, all kinds of stuff. It's a basketball fan's dream. The movie is Hustle. Andy, what'd you think? Uh, this wasn't too bad. I think this is better than uh, kind of the average Netflix film, uh, honestly. It's still a little kind of cliche and, and paint by number, but I think it, it's made really well. Uh, I was really into it the, the kind of the first hour, and then it, it just kind of, uh, you kind of know what's happening after that. Uh it, it does the one thing that I think sports movies are ba bad at. Uh, this reminded me of King Richard, where they don't really get into the weeds of the sport, and they're just like, oh, yeah, you, you're just supposed to trust that they're good just because uh, without really <laughs> knowing or being shown why, like, why this person is so much better. Um, and then also a lot of the characters are just they're a little wasted. Like Adam Sandler's character is interesting, but then like Ben Foster doesn't get a lot of scenes. Robert Duvall doesn't get a lot of scenes. You know, like the supporting cast isn't really there. Like it's it's a fun, uh, if if not predictable, sports movie. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's it, honestly visually, I think it's one of Netflix's better in recent days. Uh, the director Jeremiah Zagar is a first-time feature director. Previously, he's done music videos, smaller kind of docu do, do, documentaries, uh, and the cinematographer—I don't recall their name—same uh, boat. Like small stuff hasn't really jumped into anything new, uh, but the 
film stars Adam Sandler doing one of his better Adam Sandler performances of recent days, like because he's usually pretty hit or miss. Uh, and, and uniquely, like, it's a movie that looks good, but is just a little paint by numbers. What's frustrating to me about Hustle is that it forgets one of the most important rules of cinema. You want to show, not tell. Uh, and, and Hustle does a lot of telling and not really showing. You do get some good basketball play, right? But, like, it's just kind of generic footage. Like, oh, yeah, he he, he, Bo Cruz dunked on a guy, you know? He dunks over everyone. Right, yeah, wow, he sure 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 can't hit a three from the paint, can he? You don't even hit a three from the paint. I I don't don't, don't watch a lot of basketball, but uh, (laughs) that's not how it works. He goes hard in the paint. He goes hard in the paint, yeah, right. The man can sink a three from from half court. I I don't don't know. Um, Like, it it doesn't do a good job of, of... visualizing that for you like we find out that Bo Cruz is a good player because we see a little footage of him and Adam Sandler's character Stanley Sugarman says he's a good character uh, and he tells his boss he's a, he's 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 a good player and his boss goes I think he's okay and then we see him some more and people go yeah he's really good but like we don't feel that he's good because the movie doesn't do a very good job of just giving that to us uh he's he's a larger than life player he's played by who is this who is this actor who plays him uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, who is also, who I think is just an NBA player. I'm pretty sure. Like he, I don't know who he plays for, but I think, I think he's already a basketball player. Uh, and he's fine. And Adam Sandler's good. It's just the script's a little dry and the editing is, is just a little, little paint by numbers. Yeah. The, this movie suffers from like the, the lack of character development. We, we don't really get into any of our, characters usually you would you would have you know just more more on on each i, I was reminded of a million dollar baby which is one of my favorite uh, sports movies about boxing and clint eastwood and uh oh, i can't remember her name right now uh hillary swank are, are in that and they have a very kind of they butt heads a lot you know they're they're very they're both very very stubborn people but that's part of what what makes them work uh, but you really get inside both of their their characters and their motivations they try to give bo cruz a little bit of a backstory and they're like oh he's a good kid but he got in a fight once and he hurt a guy and uh you know is but he he was only that one time he didn't mean it and you know it's just it's it's done kind of lazily and i mean he just doesn't I, I guess like you said, he, I mean, maybe he's just, he's an NBA player or he's a basketball player. He's not an actor. Uh, Cause he's just not given a lot of lines or chances to act. And uh, we just don't get into our characters very much. It's very stock. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of training montages in the film. Um, you know, there, there's a very kind of generic Rocky style hill that our character has to run up in a certain amount of time. To, and then by the end of the music montage, they make it up to the top you know, arms up. Oh, he did it. Um, but what's weird is like, once this guy gets over to the, to the NBA, once it, once he, once he leaves Spain and comes to America and Spain, he's already a very good player, but then he comes over to America and he's balling against NBA guys. And Sandler's like, we got, we got to get you in shape, man. You can't, you can't run up this hill very fast. And you're very, and I'm, you're, I'm looking at the guy. I'm like, this guy is in pristine shape. 
like he doesn't what do you mean and then by the time the training montage is over he looks the damn same like at least at least sylvester stallone looked a little different by the end of the montage <laughs> like there was actually some training and effort in between there but like it's just like they shot it in a couple of days oh now now he's strong when like visually he looks the exact same as he did i don't need our like, man he's, to have, he's like, faster because they tell us yeah, he's faster right i don't need him to have big bulging muscles but like make me feel like my character has grown as a person right don't just tell me from another character point of view that they've grown as a person the, the movie's called hustle but like you never actually feel the hustle that's like it's it's like if oceans a was called hustle it, it'd fit better you know uncut gems could have been called hustle and it would have been a better title than this movie because it never really owns what it's trying to be yeah i i i never feel like he's he's never not a good player i was like he he doesn't have a lot to go because he's already like he's already in great shape he can already like outplay guys, and they he's still have like, like three training montages. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, um, and there's you know there's some culture clash of he you know he doesn't he's new to the states and some things like that. But it's just uh, again it's super predictable, and they, and it just needed to all be fleshed out more. Like there, there's a there's a good movie in here somewhere. It just needed more time. And this is uh, again Netflix's biggest thing. It's always the writing that suffers the most. Mm-hmm. And the edit, like I said, a, a quick mention for the editing. The editor is Sandler's editor on all of his Netflix features. Just a happy Madison guy. He did Hubie Halloween and Ridiculous Six, and so it's just it's just a little, you know, I don't want to say cut and paste, but it's just it's very safe. It, they're not doing anything that's too drastic in here. I'll do mention a couple other people in the cast. Uh, Queen Latifah was on set for one day, and they filmed all of her <laughs> scenes. <laughs> She plays Sandler's wife. Maybe two days. She's she's in here a bit. She's got a custom, couple costume changes, but she's on the same set the whole time. She never leaves the house in the film. And Ben Foster, who plays uh, the new owner of the Sixers, uh, picking up uh, in Robert Duvall's shoes, who's in a couple of scenes in the movie, uh, has a really goofy looking ball cap. Like he's he's fun. I like Ben Foster a lot, actually. I wish he got more work, but he gets done dirty in this. Like and brain, then, brain, brain, yeah, yeah, and they, right, yeah. And then one quick mention for Jaleel White, our very own Steve Urkel, who is yeah. in this movie. Uh, he barely ever gets on screen roles, and for some reason, he's a minor character here. He gets like three lines. Um, yeah, hey, great, good, for, good for Jaleel White, man. Well, yeah, I thought he was gonna be in the. I forgot that he was in this already because he he doesn't show back up. Yeah, it's really weird. Like you just see him at the open, you're like, "All right, yeah, there's there's Urkel," and then it never, yeah, poor poor guy can't get away from it. But um, <laughs> I want to say more about this movie. I feel like if you're a basketball fan, you're probably going to appreciate it a lot more. I, I know Sandler is a diehard basketball fan, and typically he only jumps into projects that he feels like he's going to enjoy himself on set for. That's why he makes all his movies out in Hawaii or you know cool vacation destinations. And I can tell he wanted to do this movie because he likes basketball so much. Uh, a ton of collaboration with real players who appear as themselves. The movie ends with this really long credits montage of all these players who are showing up in the movie. Yeah. Doing cool basketball things on screen. And like, that's all like, that's all great. It has no cultural value to me of the viewer. Uh, Cause I don't do a lot of basketball stuff, but I feel like if you're a basketball fan, this is, this is going to be a lot more up your alley than it was for me. And I, I, yeah, I, don't I, yeah. yeah, I, I agree. There, there's not too much to say. It's a very safe film. It's, it's enjoyable, and I think it is better than the average Netflix film. I, I think it, it is very well made. Uh, just a little paint by number. 
Yeah, and again, well shot. Like that was the one other thing that stood out to me. Lots of good lighting, good shadows, uh, lots, lots, lots of good handheld camera to make things feel grounded. Like pretty well shot and pretty well directed. It's just a little safe script and safe editing. With that, we should probably move into recommendations. Andy, would you recommend Hustle? I would say save it for streaming, which it is already on. Uh, it's a nice, safe uh, film. Watch it with the family. Watch it with your mom. Uh, definitely, if you're a, a big basketball fan, I, I think it's definitely uh, for you. At the same time, you might want more out of a you know a basketball uh, film. Um, but it, yeah, it, it's all right. It's safe. Like it's okay. <laughs> yeah, hustle's fine. Yeah, I think if you're if you're a basketball fan, you, you love that you get down to that March Madness and you, you need ninety minutes to burn on Netflix, you're probably gonna enjoy Hustle. Uh, Sandler's good in it. It's not just him phoning it in. I think he's he's actually giving it some effort, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, newcomer Wancho Hernan Gomez is pretty good. Like he's he's dry, but like I don't know. Yeah, it, Hustle. Why not? Right <laughs> for producer LeBron James, uh, available on Netflix, and that wraps our show for the week. Andy, what are we watching next week? To infinity and beyond. Oh, right. Oh, right. <laughs> to we, infinity and beyond. That's right. We will be watching Lightyear, uh, the Buzz Lightyear film uh, by Pixar, which comes out this Friday, June 17th, exclusively in theaters, not on any streaming service, including Disney Plus. So that's going to be theaters only. And we're going to actually be taking a, a break next week. Um, so we'll be back in two weeks. And we'll also be watching Elvis. It's going to be a good show. Out. It's good back-to-back features. <laughs> uh, which comes out June 24th uh, exclusively in theaters as well. And some other releases just to keep you aware of. Uh, Netflix's Spiderhead comes out this Friday as well, which is like some sort of spy espionage thing with uh, Chris Hemsworth. Uh, so that's something you can check out this weekend. Uh, good luck to you, Leo Grand, which was a movie with Emma Thompson where she hires like a gigolo <laughs> or something. Um, that comes out on Hulu. Uh, it's an old, it's like a Harold and Maude thing. Oh. Uh, Father of the Bride, the Father of the Bride remake uh, comes out this weekend uh, to, on Friday as well on HBO Max. And then also on June 24th, same day as Elvis, is The Black Phone, which is the horror uh, kidnapper movie starring Ethan Hawke. Um, that, uh, that movie was supposed to come out in like January and they delayed it all the way to now, so... But uh, yeah, a lot of smaller movies coming out in the next couple weeks as well. You want to take us just a, a stab at how much money you think the Black Phone's going to make opening weekend? I'll bet I'll bet under twenty million. And I know how I popular know. horror movies are, but like God, it looks so mid. Yeah, <laughs> every, it, it, it. I feel like every trailer I've seen in the theater, people are getting their phone, getting it out looks their like phones because they're bored. There's yeah. like an it ripoff. Yes, a lot of a lot of lean on on children to carry the the film, and like that's that's a real slippery slope. Uh, yeah, Lightyear and Elvis will be back in a couple of weeks with those. I'm excited to talk about them. This is Pixar's first return to exclusively theaters since the pandemic, right? Uh, they haven't done that since whatever came before Soul. Uh, they've been getting pushed to. Disney Plus. I know Pixar people are excited to be back in studios, and Disney is excited to have uh, their big shareholder property, Lightyear, <laughs> out and making money. So we'll watch that. And yeah, Elvis. Um, God, any 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 long shots on Boz Lerman's Elvis? I heard Guillermo del Toro said it was really good. So I think it's gonna bomb. 
and I don't want it. I don't want it to. Like, I think I think it's going to be a great performance. I've heard kind of mixed things about the movie itself. Uh, but, Austin uh, Butler's a pretty face. I think uh, I think he'll draw some crowds. Right, people want to see what he's got going on. He's supposed to be really good in it. Again, it's it's a movie aimed at older crowds, and Top Gun has been the only movie to get older crowds out. So it's true. We'll yeah, see. But, I think I think it's gonna get buried behind Top Gun, Jurassic World, and Lightyear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, keep it here on Offscript for Lightyear and Elvis. And the easiest way to keep it here on Offscript is just subscribe to Offscript Film Review on your favorite podcast device or Facebook. If that's where you're watching the live stream, you can follow us very quickly with the buttons in the top right. I don't know what the buttons are to follow us on Facebook. We're also on YouTube where we upload our live streams every week on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartMedia, all the usual places, Instagram, Twitter. You can check out our website, mail. uh, We can check out our website, offscriptfilmreview.com, or you can email us correspondence about the show. Maybe some things you liked, some things you didn't. Suggestions, comments, quips, arguments to mail at offscriptfilmreview.com. If it's good stuff, we'll read it on the air. Who knows? You might just get your own segment. We might invite you on and defend your... You defend your... But we probably wouldn't invite you on. But, you know, I, I don't know. Write into the show. Tell us what you think of what's going on. We appreciate it. We appreciate you hanging out and listening to Offscript Film Review, episode 180. God, we're coming up on 200, Andy. We got to do something big. I want to get a bounce house. I print some t-shirts. <laughs> get a cake. I don't know. Uh, with all of that being out of the way i suppose we should wrap the show uh from all of us at off script the home of bold cinema i'm zach lewis and i'm dr draper thanks for watching